podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yes, 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 we're back after some big wins. A big loss. I don't know if it's big wins. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. But before we get into pop culture, I first want to say, uh, uh, give an apology to one Jen Wilt. Jen, after the game, um, she said, what an amazing game. I was my feelings. I said, it's only great if we win. Then she said something about me being a Krabby Patty or, or, or something like that. Here's the thing. I want to apologize to her because I was being a Debbie Downer. She was right. I was wrong. Jen, you know, we love you. Uh, I just wanted to say sorry first, Brandon. I wanted to get that out there. Jen, you're right. But you know me. I get emotional sometimes. And I'm sorry, girl. But go ahead, Brandon. Kick off pop culture. Didn't feel like that was necessary. But if you did, I'm glad you got it off your chest. Yeah, anyway. I, was, I, was, I, was, I was a little down. I was a little down after the game. but She called you Grumpy Gills, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Grumpy Gills. Yeah, that was it. But this is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by... Jeremy J.N. Phoenix. Yes, I'm back with ya. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. This is the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You are now tuned in to pop culture. Pop. Today we're talking about FAS, FAS. We are talking about foreign accent syndrome. Jeremy, what you know about FAS? Oh, man. I don't know where I saw it. It came up a few weeks ago, and I couldn't believe it was real. Oh, you'd never heard of it before? No, I, I hadn't. I ne- hadn't ever heard of it. And then I think I heard it on the radio station, and I was like, "What? People just wake up, you know, talking a different way." Allegedly. Allegedly, you gonna drop uh, drop the actual definition on us? No, you go ahead and do the actual definition. I got my stats. I want to talk about. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I wish I had the actual definition. I was almost sure you were going to get it. Oh, but here's a long. Oh. I can do it real quick. Give me a second. All right, see? Anyway, I was going to say the longer the short of it is, uh, usually caused by some kind of brain trauma, an aneurysm, some kind of high impact. You go to bed or you go in speaking one language, and when you come out of it, you still may speak the same language. But you have an accent, a foreign accent that you never had before. And it's supposed to be – go ahead. It's supposed to be permanent, but go ahead. Yeah, it says it's it's most common after a head injury, stroke, or some other type of damage to the brain. It says it's extremely rare, but it's a real condition. Only about 100 people have been diagnosed with this condition since the first known case came to light in 1907. Now, if there's only been 100 cases in over 100 years – I'm going to go ahead and tell you I don't believe in foreign accent syndrome. I don't. This is a this is a straight up lie. This is propaganda <laughs> liars. Liars. They call it FAS, foreign accent syndrome. Adding T to the end of it because they put, trying to pull a fast one on you. A hundred people in over a hundred and what thirteen years? Hundred and fourteen in the entire now. in the whole world, and not all of that is just accents like. There's, you know, you, you have something wrong and then you come back and you can't pronounce cer- certain things right. Sometimes that qualifies for his accent syndrome to a degree. But these people who come, who, let's say they speak English and, and they're American and then all of a sudden they have a British accent or an Australia accent. I don't believe it. I'm sorry. You're liars and you like attention. There's an Australian woman who came back with a French accent. Now explain to me how you know how to pronounce stuff in French if you it, with a French accent if you don't speak if you don't speak French if you're not from France if you ain't from Quebec Montreal okay tell me something be real about this how is that even possible As I recall I know you love to show off you know it shouldn't be I love show off As I recall I know you love attention. <laughs> <laughs> that French accent of your own right there, attention. Attention. Brandon, ain't no way in the world. Foreign accent syndrome is a foreign accent lie. These people who come out and say, all of a sudden, I just speak British. Oh, wait, wait a minute, Brandon. Is that your British I, accent? Would you like a spot of tea? 
I don't yeah. know, man. There's no way. Yeah, you, you're struggling. Look, I probably sound like the rest of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew a girl I think- once. I knew a girl once who did not have foreign accent syndrome, but she tried to say that because she spent some time in Britain, she came back and she had the accent. And that's all well and good to some extent until you recognize she was calling the trunk of a car a boot like they do over there. Oh, I'm sorry. You probably thought I meant you probably say trunk. Yeah, I say trunk. You say trunk, too. Okay, don't come over here trying to act like three months in Britain. You got an accent. You don't have an accent that's real. You want attention. You like to fake. You like the front. You like to perpetrate. Okay. It's funny because I'm not going to say her name, but she deserves to be called out. I deserve to put her on blast, to be honest. Um, Cleveland accents are like instead of saying apple with an A, they have like an E. Apple, apple, apple. It's weird. And I've I've known a few people, uh, mostly girls, who all of a sudden have this Cleveland accent. I'm thinking, no, you're you're not from Cleveland. How did that happen? There's people I know from Parker. I'm from Parkersburg, West Virginia. We're from Parkersburg, West Virginia. Kids we grew up with, kids that we've known all our life will come back from being at a city or close to a city and all of a sudden have a way more urban dialect than they ever did before. before. And I'm like, dude, you're from Parkersburg, West Virginia. It doesn't change like that. Now you pay pick up a few words because obviously when you're around people, a little bit of it rubs off. But you can, your whole your whole dialect doesn't change. Come on now. People just want they either want attention or clout. People just want they always want something. Or like Brandy, I wanna be down. They just want to be down. Yep. I uh, I don't get it. I don't get it, but I feel like it falls in line with the foreign accent syndrome. No, it's crazy to me that they could even recognize it as real when there's been so few cases. I don't understand how they could see it as real. But I, I would love to be have been in there when they were trying to catch him. Catch him slipping, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's like, that's like Chappelle. They must go through a whole battery of tests to catch him slipping. And <laughs> they must they must pass somehow, but I'm just telling you they are dedicated to their craft, which is a lie. That is like Dave Chappelle talking about uh, uh what's he called? Jesse Smollett. 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 <laughs> and he's talking about how the cops must have been thinking when he started giving his story. Okay. He it was 20 degrees below, and you were walking at midnight to a subway? <laughs> like, things just don't add up. Things don't add up. I would have loved to been in that room, too. But let us know your feelings about this foreign accent syndrome. If you don't believe me, Google it. YouTube it. It's out there. It's crazy. It's mind-blowing. And I promise you, you will laugh because it's ridiculous. Rap me, boys! Do you have cold floors in your home? It may be time to insulate your crawl space because cold air is rising into the rest of your home. Alfred Home Solutions can fix this problem. Call them today at 304-317-4105 today to book your free insulation estimate. Again, 304-317-4105. Don't wait. Insulate. I got five on it. That's right. Another week. Here we go. Five questions. Five answers. Fill in the blank style. Brandon, you ready? I'm ready. Jamfine, you ready? Yes, son. Let's get it popping. Jordan, take it away. Man, Jeremy's taking my job. Like, they hire me. And I'm supposed to introduce them like, hey, you guys ready? I'm never around for these things, so I try to make it fun and do it by myself. And no, Jeremy has that covered now. So I guess all I'm good for is reading off these questions that he's already reading off the brand. Anyway, there's nothing important about that here. My name is Jordan Ty Curry. I'm the producer for the Raspy Voice Kids. And here we go with the first fill in the blank. That Baylor game was blank. Epic. It was, uh, sorry, almost epic. That was one of the best games I've ever seen. John Rothstein said it was the best game he's seen all year. You know John Rothstein from the West Virginia University basketball tougher than a weekend at your in-laws tweets. The only thing that kept it from being epic was winning the game. Everything else was great. We made shots. They made shots. We made shots back and forth like a heavyweight bout. Um, We got stops in important moments. There was oohs. There were ahs. There were ups. There were downs. It was almost epic. 
the loss kept it from being epic. Amazing. So amazing. It was amazing. It really was. Um, I didn't feel like this. The, the Immediately afterwards, I know me and I always need to give myself a few hours to, um, you know, simmer down. Now that I look at look back at it, Brandon, big buckets back and forth. Uh, Mr. Mullet, Mr. Mayor. I ah, was getting on my nerves. Man, he was getting on my nerves. Why? Because he was bowling. Hitting big shot after big shot. And I just kept thinking, can we match it? Can we match it? And the answer was yes. We we were making big bucket after big bucket. It was a heavyweight fight. Big time. I don't hear stuff about the referees. You know, I, I don't wish hear we nothing about refs. I wish we could have won it. We'll get into that part of it later on during uh, when we talk all things Mountaineers. But for me, the answer was it, it really was. It was an amazing game. Number two. Jordan McCabe reiterating the team's goal is to win the national championship is blank. Unsurprising. It's unsurprising because Jordan McCabe is a leader. Now, his skills do not translate to the floor all the time. There are a lot of people who will get upset with him playing and have things to say about Jordan McCabe playing, and I get that. But as far as the team is concerned, he is a leader. He's a verbal leader. He's an emotional leader, and he's a he's an example. He play lead-by-example guy, first in the gym, last out lots of times. And when he says that the focus is to win a national championship, even after a loss like what we had against Baylor, it's it's reassuring. It's it's uh, unsurprising that you get that out of a guy like Jordan McCabe. I was really happy to hear him say that. Yep. Jordan McCabe, get used to him. He's going to be here for a long time. Hopefully he can do, you know, what do you mean chase a long his, time? I, hopefully he can chase his pro aspirations. If he can't. I feel like he's going to be a staple whether he comes back as an assistant coach, as he comes back media-wise in West Virginia. I feel like he is going to be around this program for a long time. Um, I just get that feeling. I feel like he's not going nowhere. Whether it's media after he's done, whether it's assistant on the team, I feel like Jordan McCabe is one of us. You know? But to answer the question, Jordan McCabe reiterating the team's goal is a national championship or bust is... It's what I like. Lucky for you, that's what I like. I love it. I love it. Don't shy away from me. He kept saying it. We're not shying away from it. We're not shying away from we want a high uh, seed. Now, this was before the Baylor game. This was after the Kansas State game where he was saying this stuff. But I love the interview because he wasn't shying away from expectation. Difference between being hunted and being the hunter. And and it seems like they had – that's the reason why I thought they were really going to beat Baylor – um, either way, amazing game. And for him to say that, it's what I like. That's what I love. That's what I want to hear. Number three. Houston jumping WVU for a number two seed is blank. Absurd. It's extremely absurd. One of the things you need to know about Houston is that Houston has lost to East Carolina this season, Jeremy. East Carolina. Yep. That tells you pretty much everything you need to know. If you didn't know, if you didn't know enough, that's all you would need to know. If we're just looking at Houston as far as being a number two seed, period. How are they gonna be a number two seed when they lost to East Carolina, the Pirates? Brandon, Brandon Ohio State lost to like six and fourteen Northwestern and lost two times to I think an unranked, I think Purdue's ranked now, but they weren't ranked. Um so so I don't get these rankings. I don't get them, Brandon. Houston go also ahead. has a loss to Tulsa, Jeremy. Yeah. To the golden wave. It's like bad losses don't mean anything in this year. You know why they don't mean anything this year? Because we don't, have, we don't any. have any. Yes, exactly. And that's what I was going to say. It's absurd to think Houston would jump us in any scenario to be a number two seed. We are solidly a number two seed, in my opinion, my bracketology. Forget you, Joe Lenardi, who's the guy who's making these predictions. And people keep saying Joe Lenardi's not the guy who decides what seed you get in the, in the NCAA tournament. Joe Lenardi's been doing this so long, he knows how they decide who's getting what seed. That's why they call him Joey Brackets. Is he perfect? No. But he's usually usually very spot on when it comes to who's getting what seed, where they're going to be, how they're going to be ranked. And he says we're a number three seed right now, which makes no sense to me since we're ranked number six right now uh, and should be higher, in my opinion. It's absurd that Houston would jump us. Houston jumping WVU for the number two seed is, and in the words of Mike Tyson, ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. Number three. Not having a go-to set play for WVU basketball is blank. Inexcusable. It is inexcusable at this point in his career, at this point in the season, that we don't have a go-to uh, inbound play 
for WVU basketball. You see it with lots of other teams, all the good teams anyway. They have the go-to guaranteed to work. Somebody's going to be open even if we don't make the right play or we don't make the shot. We saw it at Texas. The call gets made, the play gets run, and you see it come to fruition even if it doesn't work out. We don't even have that. We look lost. Sometimes we don't get the ball inbounded at all. We have to use timeout. We have turnovers because we're trying to run the baseline when we're not when we're not allowed to run the baseline. It's inexcusable that we don't have a go-to play yet. My words are not having a uh, go-to set play is Huggins' fault. It's Huggy. Huggy Bear is ahead of the snake. Uh, Jordan McCabe also said Huggins always tells him I'm the smartest man in the room. So hey, look, you're the smartest man in the mo- room. Um, you're doing your thing. You're almost at 900. You're legendary Hall of Fame coach. But baby boy, we excuse me, Mr. Huggins, Coach Huggins, baby boy. <laughs> yeah, I know, Coach Huggins. We, we need to go to play. Like I said, you look at the end of the Texas game. Granted, he got fouled and didn't make the bucket, but it was a play to get a guy an open look. We don't have that. And if we'd have had that, I feel like a few games would have been sealed. I don't know if if he feels like we can't we don't have the passers to get it there. If the IQ isn't high enough, to, I don't know what it is, but I'm not seeing a go-to play to get a bucket, and that's what we need. Number five. Blank is the unsung hero of WVU basketball. Nobody. <laughs> Everybody who deserves credit is getting credit. So all the people who are singing have been sung. Our sung heroes, okay? We know about Taz. We know what he can do coming off the bench. We know about Sean McNeil, how he can get hot. Shout out to Hot Boy. We know about Deuce McBride and his clutch abilities in spots. We know about Derek Culver's ability to get double-doubles pretty much on command. Having almost uh, uh, 10 points and not even scoring a field goal last game against Baylor. But all those guys get the credit they deserve. There's nobody doing anything that nobody's talking about. Everybody talks about Gabe. Everybody talks about Gabe. So if, if you want to sit there and say to me, oh, Gabe, Gabe gets plenty of credit. Gabe gets all the credit he deserves, all of it. For a guy who can't make a jump shot to save his life pretty much, Gabe does all the other stuff. He sets good screens. He makes good passes. He plays excellent defense and takes charges, deflections. Gabe's doing everything except for scoring the basketball and being a real threat offensively. So everybody who deserves credit is getting credit. They, my answer is nobody is the unsung hero. Okay, see, I thought I had you. You listed all four. I was going to go with Gabe because of what he does. Um, and I feel like he has the highest basketball IQ on the team, knows where to go, knows how to get it, uh, takes charges. But since you got me and I thought I was going to have you, I'm going to switch my answer. And Taj Thweet is the other hero of West Taj Virginia. Thweet, huh? If he wasn't practicing so hard, them guys wouldn't be ready when it comes to game time. Yeah. Give it up for our boy, Taj. Yeah. Taj, that's Shout why I Taj. 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 <laughs> but there you have it. There's, I got five on it. Brandon busted me out of the last one. I was going to go with Gabe and I had to switch it up. But whatever. That's our feelings. We want to hear your feelings. Let us know. Get at us. Rack me, boys. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy J.N. Phoenix in the building. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. This is the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You are tuned in for another Golden Blue interview. Today, we have number one, the receiver you know and love, the man from Birmingham, Alabama, the pride of Alabama and West Virginia, Mr. T.J. Lil Fufu Simmons. Yo, what's good? What's good? How y'all doing? We good, man. We live in here. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just just got my mind focused on this work right now. Hey, TJ, man, you trying to make it to the in, NFL? We know you're grinding out there, so we appreciate you taking time to talk to us. No problem. I Our feel like this rap- is overdue. I honestly, I honestly feel like this is overdue. Not to interrupt. I feel like Fufu has shown love to the Raspy Voice kids. The Raspy Voice kids have always been down with Fufu, with TJ Simmons, if you don't know the nickname. I feel like this is so long overdue, and I'm so glad it's happening right now. But get it, B. All right, here we go. Rapid fire. You ready, TJ? Let's get it. Which WVU uniforms are your favorite? I'm going to have to go with the all grays. I knew you were going to say all grays. Definitely. Jordan or LeBron? 
I'm gonna go Brian Brian because that's more my era. I didn't didn't watch Jordan growing up, watch Brian growing up, so I'm gonna have to go with Brian. Brady or Mahomes? Tom. Tom's the goat. Tom terrific. Cool Ranch or Nacho Cheese? I'm gonna go Cool Ranch. I'm gonna go Cool Ranch. Best Pop Tart. Wildberry. Oh man, we haven't had that one yet, Jay. And you know it's brown sugar. You know it's brown well, sugar. He he's fronting over here, but whatever. <laughs> it's definitely wild beer. I'm different. Nobody I know like wild berry but me. So. <laughs> Best fast food French fry. French fry? Yeah. I'm gonna go McDonald's. 100 percent McDonald's. Now, does ketchup go on a hot dog? Yes. Pancakes or waffles? Oh, that's that's a hard one because it depends on the time of day. Because if I want breakfast at night, I'm going to go waffles. But if I'm in the morning waking up, I'm going to go pancakes. So if we're just talking breakfast, I'm just going to go pancakes. All right. Kim Kardashian in her prime or J-Lo in her prime? J-Lo. Easy. <laughs> I wish y'all could see his face when he said that too, man. <laughs> Who's the best still- Avenger? Oh, the best Avenger? Um... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Iron Man because he's he's just the smartest man in the world. So Iron Man, All right. no baby. No, I, wait, wait. I want to change that. I want to change that. All right. I want to go. I want to go Thor. I'm gonna go Thor. He's going. That's Thor definitely on the us. answer. Thor is definitely the answer. Definitely yeah, that's, that's definitely the best answer right there. All right, we're switching to rappers real quick. I know you're a Pooh Shiesty fan. In fact, you the one who got me on Pooh Shiesty. I didn't even know about it okay. before you. Okay, okay. But we're going to ask, is it Lil Baby or Lil Dirk? Who's better? I'm going to go Baby. That's where I go to. Easy. Nike or Adidas? Mm, I'm going to go Nike. Toy Story or Lion King? Toy Story. All right. And Jeremy's got the question for you, son. All right. (laughs) <laughs> the biggest question we ask this to everybody. Everybody come on the show. They got to answer it. And look, I need it 100. Keep it honest. Keep it real. No faking the perpetrating. Do you pee in swimming pools? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love the honesty, man. I wish you could see I'm his gonna, face right I'm now. Gonna, I love the honesty. I'm going to keep it 100. Like, I, it's been done. It's been done. Tell him, Jay. Tell him your story. Uh, which one? Which one about peeing in pools? About peeing in any body of water? No, that's what I'm saying. Like people say this, and, and people come at me sideways and look at me like I'm lying. Look, I'm telling you the truth. Never in my life, never, not one time. I don't care if it's a pool, swimming, uh, uh swimming pool, hot tub, creek, ocean. ocean. I have never in my life gotten out a body of water to go use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. I was about to say. Cause you had me. You had me for yeah. <laughs> you know how much energy that is? All right, man. You gotta, so we you gotta get all the way out the pool wet. Then you're gonna want to dry off because you gotta go to the bathroom inside. Then you, it's a whole process. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. It's, it's a little too much. Yeah, I think the first person we asked that was Alec Manoa. He said the same thing. So you in good company right there. Okay. Okay. And as long as it's not just me. No, it is not just you. Everybody, we had Emily Calandrelli. She's the space gal. She's a STEM scientist, went to WVU and MIT. She is as smart as you can get, as classy as you can get. And she admitted she pees and pulls too. So you you got good company, man. You know, Pat White said the same thing. Pat was like, yeah, of course I do. (laughs) Shout out, shout out to Pat White, by the way. Happy birthday to the GOAT. The GOAT for sure, man. Now, we want to ask you from we want to ask you some questions just about your, your time at WVU. For example, how did you even get to WVU? So um, whenever I was going through the transfer process, um, I knew the uh, DB coach, Coach Bilk. Um, he was yeah. a GA at Alabama whenever I first got there. So we already had a relationship, and um, he reached out to me through um, uh, my mutual teammate, um, What's his name? I can't think of his name right now, but um, he reached out to him and he gave me his number, and then we linked up. He was like, um, "We would love to get you out here on the visit that weekend." I was in Morgantown, 
visiting the campus. I had already been in love with West Virginia just from watching Tavon Austin and just knowing about knowing about the school and how air raid and all this. So I'm like definitely interested. Came up here seeing the campus and fell in love with it. So you loved it. Tavon got you interested. Doug Belk made it happen. And then you got to WVU. Your first catch goes for a touchdown. We were in. We were in the city, man. We were right there watching that game. It was beautiful. I loved it. Uh, the truth is there was another receiver open, so I was thinking, what is Will doing? But he hit you and he made it happen. Um, and then from there on, it's been a love story between TJ Simmons and West Virginia. What's it like being loved by an entire state? It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, we really we really work all, all season, all during camp. We really work to – sing the song and it's is we know like everybody in the whole state is coming to watch us play or somewhere watching us play. Um they we even went to the coal mines and they, they say they got the they got the game blasting down in the coal mines. Like just that stuff right there makes me want to play for the state and they just they root for you. It's something they got you know you got the bad apples, the ones that talk bad sometimes, but most of the fans are, are gonna cheer you on whenever you winning and then whenever you losing they're gonna encourage you and still be with you. So the fans definitely man they 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 caught my eye from the jump. Yeah, you you sitting there talking about the fans. I don't know. Like, I'm outside looking in. You got to let me know. How much do the fans really affect you players? I see it in basketball, fans coming at players. I see the football. How much does that affect you and your brothers when you're playing? Um, I, I wouldn't say too much Too much while the game going on. But say say you have a bad game. And it's just like say say just for the regular people out there in the world say you say you have a bad day at work and soon as you soon as you get home you got somebody coming at you telling you about all the stuff you already know you did wrong and and not That's trying cool. and they supposed to be they trying to be your they supposed to be your your support system you feel me in times like this and then they they looking down on you but that's probably the only thing I would say man is the it's the after effect but during the game you too you so locked in you don't even really pay attention to what's going on behind you. TJ, having somebody get on you when you get home from work is called marriage. Just FYI. <laughs> Just so you know. But, but it's probably, she probably getting on to you about something else, not about the wrong things you did at work. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You know what? You got to bring up a, 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 a good subject. I mean, like, not a good subject, but a subject that was a theme of the West Virginia program. We got so much talent at receiver. These, these dudes get open. They beat That's their true. man. But... It did seem like we had a little bit of the dropsies for the year. Not a little bit. I'm be honest. I mean, they feel like they were dropping passes left or right. How did you feel? Because I don't feel like you were in on. I mean, I know you dropped a couple passes, but you. I felt like you were one of the most sure-handed. How do you deal with that? What What caused that? Is it something mental? Is you just not paying attention? It was. It was. It was definitely mental. It was definitely mental. Uh, all the wideouts. All the wideouts. At one point, we was going through a stage where it was just like. We was just all in our heads. And then it felt like we was it was all on us. It was all on us. Like, you know what I'm saying? Nobody we knew what was going on. We hear was hearing what the fans were saying, we was hearing what you feel me, even some of our teammates were saying, like, receivers gotta get it together and we knew that. So it just took us banding together. And I would say the turning point in that was do y'all remember when um Isaiah Isdale um went up in Moss Dude from Texas? Yeah, yes, sure do remember that. At that point, as soon as he went up and did that, it's like everybody in the receiver room was a, a switch, like flipped, and it was like, dang, I'm trying to I gotta go make my play now. It's time for me to you feel me. It's time it's my turn. So if you if you go back and watch this season right after he made that catch the drop the drop radius went all the way down in the receiver room and I think it's just, we just needed a spark and we just need to get out of our heads and get locked in on what we really know how to do man I love it that you keep saying we and us it's a unit it doesn't matter who's dropping the passes it's a unit and I love that mentality because my next question was going to be like did you ever come back to the huddle like throw me the ball you want to catch throw TJ Fufu the ball yeah, nah, I couldn't. I couldn't do that. I couldn't. I couldn't. I just. I just don't feel right. I just don't feel right doing that because I put in just as much work as the guy that's next to me, or I'm probably just as open as somebody else. And it's just like we had to think about like what was really going on in the backfield. Why? Why aren't we getting the ball? Why am I not getting the ball? Like you know, what I'm saying the players are getting called. Then you got to look at it like quarterback got pressure, or he getting sacked, or he didn't took this big hit. You feel me? Trying to get you the ball, and it might not have been where you wanted to, but he did the best he could so like just thinking of it like that and then thinking about my teammates around me like we need everybody in order to win the game I'm not gonna win the game by myself so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the guy that's like I need the ball I need the ball because it's, it's just out of my character now I love that 
I love the energy and spice that you bring to the team, but it's good to hear the humility that you also have. Um, you talk about your brothers all the time, but you also had other brothers down there in Alabama where you're from. What was that like, man, seeing them celebrate a national championship to do it in the style in which they did it? I know you have a lot of uh, connections with them boys down there. What was that like watching it? I felt good watching them. My freshman year, you know, we we did we did everything we needed to do but win the win the national championship game. So it felt good. It felt good knowing like even the guys that I came in with um finally got that that feeling that that we've been working on since what we was freshmen. Um but like everybody, especially like that 2018 season, I knew everybody on that team. Uh Tua was my quarterback in the spring game. You feel me? Jalen came in with me. So I knew both of them guys. So just being able to see both of those guys contribute to a win, knowing that both of those talents could be used to help Bama be good. Just to see that and seeing all my all my bros get a get a get a ring that I that I came in with, it was a good feeling. Yeah. So TJ Were you uh did you did you have any connection on get Vendarius up here at Morgan's Hill? Did you have pull on that? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, he 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 reached out to me after they reached out to him. He reached out to me, and we we basically had a conversation. And we, and I told him like, if you want to if you want to come somewhere and really lock in on on getting better and and bettering you yourself and your craft, it's a good place to go. Where do you see what do you see for him next year? Healthy if healthy Vendarius on the Mountaineer defense. What do you see him doing? A healthy Vendarius. If yeah. you give if you give Vendarius more than two games, you're gonna see something special. Because in the in the four games that he's played as a Mountaineer, he has four, four sacks, tackles for loss. Right. And there's only four games. You know what I'm saying? If you give him a stretch where he can be healthy and really play, he he gonna shock the world like he like he's been supposed to do. Like it's no matter no matter where he's at, he's he just gotta stay healthy, stay focused, and he gonna he gonna shock the world. No, you I know, believe it, man. I, I sit in dreams sometimes. Well, real quick, Jay, real quick, real quick. TJ, TJ can't stay with us real long, so why don't we get to why he's on here, one of the reasons he came on the show with us. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. So we know you have a deal with some suits. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so um, Reveal Suits, um, it's a new, uh, it's a suit company that's out, and um, so they, they actually have the license to um, – Put the WV on the inside of the on the inline of the suit, so the whole inside of your suit would be covered in WVs, and they have the different colorways and different things like that. Um, suits are totally custom. I just customized my first suit the other day from the amount of buttons you have on it, the amount of pockets you have, um, the inside, the lapels, your pants style, all that over a thousand different fabrics. And um, they also told us that if you don't want to get the the team in, in signature on the inside. Um, you can get a regular that you can do anything you want on the inside. So reveal suits. If you even if you um don't want the 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 logo on the inside, you can still go in and order you a custom suit down to whatever you, look whatever you want. There's so many different options. I I took it took me about fifteen twenty minutes to to really <laughs> narrow something down. TJ Simmons and reveal suits. Go check them out. I saw the suits. I saw the lining. Dope for sure. Definitely something you would do for a wedding or any special occasion. Check them out. Now, the other thing that you are doing is you have a meet and greet coming up where you're doing free haircuts. Am I right? Yeah. So um, I was talking to my agents and I was just telling them how, like, I wanted to do something for Morgantown. I wanted to give back for all the fans and all the people, all the West Virginia fans that, that embraced me and my time being at West Virginia. So we came up with this idea, like, we couldn't do a football camp because of COVID. So we're going to do a, um, a meet and greet where I'm doing uh, autographs. And I also got um, Sir Earl. Um, he has a barber school in Morgantown. Um, he's going to be. He's going to have him and some of his um his some of his students out there giving free haircuts to the kids um, up to ages fourteen. I'm fourteen. So I'm going <laughs> to get my hair right. <laughs> All right. So I know Jeremy has some more questions. I just want to make sure we got that in. No, I appreciate it, man. You know me. I just start talking, and, you know, we go down and come back up and all that good stuff. Me, You know, it's just me and Fufu kicking it. That's, that's how we do. Thanks, thanks, thanks. I will say, so over the summer there was some controversy. We had uh, a coach dismissed. We had uh, players sit out because of COVID and whatnot. But with all that going around the program, how do you think the players just really came together? Is that something that you guys kind of bonded over to, you know, refocus? Um. Yeah. Definitely. It was. I would. I would definitely say that that time period was just very up in the air. Cause like 
it was no certainty on where we we're going to play and what was really going down with the COVID protocols. They didn't have anything set in stone as far as how we we're going to get tested and all this stuff. So everything was just very up in the air. People had kids to worry about. Like it was just a lot going on. A lot of you feel me. People hear from their families and right. don't know where to tell their family. So we definitely came together. We had a um, we had a group message with everybody on the team to basically just put out like whatever you think and you feel me. If you got questions for how like see how other people feel. But we definitely came together and like reached out to each other. And like um I was the only person that really opted out um was was Carrie and and everybody was everybody backed him because we already knew about his family situation back home. His mom his mom is not in great health, so we he didn't want to risk he didn't want to risk end up getting COVID and taking it back back there to his mom's or whatever. So we definitely we still talked to Carrie. We we checked in on him. He was still getting his work in the whole time. He wasn't around us. Our coach, Coach Mike, ended up sending sending him some workouts for him to do so he can stay in shape. So we definitely stick together. We stood we stuck stuck by our brothers and made it through that situation. Absolutely. And then we, we, we got on to the, the co-defensive coordinators. Um, the defense, I mean, I know you don't play on the defensive end of the football, but the defense, man, it looked good this year. It really stepped it up, led the nation. If you had to look at one coach on the defense side of the ball, who would you give credit for, for, for that kind of work or for that kind of output? I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even give it to the coaches. Honestly, I wouldn't even give it to the coaches because all they're doing is calling the plays. And on defense, on defense, you got to have somebody that's going to go make the play. They can call the play, but you got to go make it. You know what I'm saying? And we had them playmakers out there this year. And I just think it just, especially with that D-line, the D-line's filthy. The D-line was filthy. Then you had then you had Tony Fields leading, like holding it down in the middle. Josh Chandler on the outside, he had a breakout season this year. It's only better things that come from him. You know what I'm saying? Then you had Tyke, who's been he he been that man since he stepped since he stepped on the field. That's and it's just like everybody was like, it was just prime time for everybody. It was everybody was it was time for them to have their season. I feel like everybody on the defense, it was time. And I feel like everybody just it just clicked at once. Everybody was balling at the same time and it was just flowing together. How big of a loss is Dre Sean from from uh, at corner? It's a big loss. It's a big loss just because of the the experience that he brings, um, the the tenacity he he plays he plays angry, he plays angry. So like just just that little just that little tidbit that he brings. But I do say you know what I'm saying we got people we got people right behind him ready ready to go. Jackie Matthews, Birmingham, my Birmingham brother, been knowing him since he was little. You know he ready to step up to the plate. You got Darrell Porter too, your young boy. He he was he came in he came in and we already knew that he was gonna be him whenever it was his time. So we still got people at that corner position that's ready to go and ready to, to strap up. Man, I love this. I didn't even have to ask a question. I was just going to say, like, who? I thought you were going to leave me out there. Then you drop names, baby. Name dropping. No, I'm that's what we love okay. here. That's what, that's what we here for, TJ. <laughs> that's what we here for. But that's all I got, B. You got something? No, nah, that's it, man. TJ, you gave a great interview. This was awesome, man. We appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Tell the people where they can find you on social media. So, um, um, uh, at underscore Lil Fufu, L-I-L-F-U-F-U on Instagram, um, at A underscore Scouts underscore Dream on Twitter. Um, that's been my Twitter name for a long time and it still, still has a meaning right now. I'm still a Scouts Dream. So just working right now to get ready for my pro day to showcase, showcase my talents. Hopefully I can be one of the next people that get drafted as a Mountaineer and just putting on for West Virginia nation, man. I love Morgantown. I love the whole state of West Virginia. And I just want to say thank y'all for embracing me and thank y'all for holding me down these last couple of years, man. All right, man. We wish nothing but the best for you and your baby Leilani. We know that you, we know you love that girl. We see her everywhere. Yes. So keep taking <laughs> care of her make, make your dreams come true, man. We'll be watching. All right. Thank you. Right, me boys. It's time now to talk all things Mountaineer. It's West Virginia boys, Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, and I'm with... Jeremy J. and Phoenix. Building! We're back for another segment of the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. This time we're freewheeling, freestyling, all things Mountaineer. Jeremy, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk... All right, so so obviously we're going to get to the... Um, 
the Baylor game more in depth. We have some more things. We talked about it on I Got Five on it, but we're going to go into it a little bit more. I do want to hit you with a couple stats. This comes from Greg Hunter. Um, he was dropping he was dropping stats the other day on his show, and I feel like I needed to re- re- uh, bring him back up. WVU, do you know how many NCAA tournament appearances they've had in their uh, school history? I'm going to say 29. 19. Okay. Only three times have we been a five seed or higher, meaning five, four, three, or one, two, or one. Only three times in our history, which were 2016, which we were number four seed, 2017, which we were number five seed, and of course in 2010 when we were number, number two, two seed, seed and went all, and went all the way to the final four. Um, that was kind of surprising to me. Is that surprising to you? Uh, it's a little bit surprising, but it just tells you where we are. People try to say we're a basketball school. We're not. Okay. We're not. Yeah. These are kind of recent though. 16, 10, 16, 17, but this is five seed or higher. So this year it normally, when we get that high, we end up going deep into the tournament. It's almost like um, it benefits you to be uh, seated high. Crazy, right? Yeah. Crazy. So the fact that this year we're going to be a two, a three, maybe a four. Well, means that we're, we're only a four if we lose out. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a two or a three, Brandon, that's big time. That's, that's something that we haven't done since 2010 being above a number four seed. That would be huge for us. And usually when we're that high, that means that we're that high for a reason because we're that good. So I think the outlook is well, good. Yeah, you think about it, Jeremy. Before we were in the Big East Conference, you could not just be a two seed in the Big East. You had to earn that. So we earned it when we were a two seed uh, in 2010. And we're in the Big 12 now, which is arguably, in most people's opinion, in my opinion anyway, it's the best conference for bas- college basketball this year. We had to, You have to earn it. So you're right. Like When we get seeded that way, it's not because we're Gonzaga. We get to play in the West Coast Conference, and we're playing against St. Mary's and the other garbage they play against all the time. We're playing real schedules, real teams, twice a year um, on top of our out-of-conference schedule. So, yeah, we, we are right. We earned it. And when we earn it, it, it makes it more obvious that we're going to do better in the tournament because we're battle-tested. Absolutely. And we're getting that seed because we have great players on our team. Coach Huggins, obviously, Hall of Fame, should be Hall of Fame, soon to be Hall of Fame coach. Um, and it's funny because right after the Kansas State game, Jordan McCabe was interviewed and Brandon, I love some of the things that he said. One of the things he said was he talked about not hiding from expectation, how West Virginia was aware that they wanted a number one seed. They were aware they were the highest seed possible and they what they would have to do to get it. Obviously, beating Baylor would have been huge. I don't think we get a number one seed now unless we win the Big 12 tournament. But still, the fact that he wasn't shying away from it, the fact that he said that we want to win a national championship, he didn't. You know, he kept saying we're not shying away from it. Man, that just ah, gets me fired up, and I love the confidence. I love the confidence to be able to say it out loud. Me too. I love it. He also said something else that was interesting. He was talking about Jalen Bridges, Brandon. I don't know if you heard it or not. But he said, if I was an NBA scout, um, that he said, if I was an NBA scout, Jalen Bridges has the most NBA potential of anybody on this team. He said that. I yeah, I don't see when people were talking about that, I thought, what's where's the big surprise? Again, another another thing where I'm like, where's the big surprise? Because who's your other NBA prospect on the team? Well, I think McBride it would maybe, you know, the okay. guy people look at. He's still he's still a sophomore. He's still a you sophomore. I mean? And he's Jalen Bridges is, is showing great potential. And like he says, rebounding where he needs to be, showing a high IQ to get where he needs to go. Shooting so in McBride, size. He's got length and he can shoot. McBride is actually doing it. You know what I mean? Every game coming away with 20 points, every game. You know what I mean? So so I could see somebody arguing it was McBride over him, but I'm telling you, he plays with him every day, and he's saying if he was an NBA scout, that's his guy. What I'll say to Jordan is you're not, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I can well, maybe, see what he's saying. I'm, just, maybe, I'm teasing. I can but, see what he's saying. But maybe that's saying. part of <laughs> – but maybe that's the that's the reason why Jordan's a leader, man. Jordan is a leader. Maybe that's what Jalen Bridges needs to hear to keep pushing him. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, to there's let no him question know. about that. There's no question about what kind about- of a leader Jordan McCabe is in my in my book. There's no question. And they were talking about 
And they were talking about, they asked him a question about Jalen Bridges, the difference between now and then, was it confidence? And he's like, I think we all struggle with confidence from time to time. He said any player in college basketball at some point is going to have some kind of hiccup with confidence. He's like, the only person I've seen who's never had it was Deuce McBride, who came in here knowing what he was supposed to do and doing it from the get-go. And you can see it on McBride's face. He wants the ball in those moments. He doesn't always deliver, but he wants that ball in that moment. He wants the heat. He's ready for the pressure. So... I, I mean, again, I can see it. Everything you saying makes sense to me. The K-State case, case, game kind of speaks for itself. Started slow, turned it on, hit shots, big plays. Let's get to Baylor, man. Baylor was just last night, well, two nights ago when, when this podcast comes out. Um, Brandon, what's your thoughts on the Baylor game? The Baylor game was everything that I wanted. It's an exciting game to watch because we're making shots. Everybody who misses or laments the defense, I get it. They're, they're, I questioned the defense last night when we were literally not guarding players. Or two men were on, one, on the same guy, and it was just confusion. Confusion is where I was like, okay, people questioning effort. I don't feel like we lack effort or energy on defense. I think we lack talent on defense. We don't have a shot blocker, which changes a lot of things. People forget that. When we had uh, Sagaba Kanate, Sagaba could he could erase a lot of the mistakes that were made on the perimeter. We don't have a guy who can erase mistakes right now. So if you get beat, you just got beat and it's up to the, it's up to the offense, whether whether they're going to score on you or not. Um, So the game is a lot more enjoyable for my take that we're not as good on defense. We're better on offense. I would rather that than it be reversed. And we got to see what it looks like, a high-level game. Everybody's saying that was high-level basketball. My favorite thing that anybody said was, they, uh, Scott Van Pelt, I think, called it adult swim. He said, Baylor's got a bunch of dudes, and they're all grown men. When it's time when they blow the whistle and kids got to get out the pool, Baylor gets to stay in. And he said, West Virginia's got the same thing. West Virginia's got grown men. They get to stay in the pool, too. I love that Scott Van Pelt said that because that's how I felt about the game as well. You saw two grown men going at it, battle for battle, blow for blow, and it was aesthetically pleasing. Losing was not. Blowing it by missing a free throw. Now, everybody's going to say we went 28 for 32 from the free throw line. That's awesome. But it's not just what you do. It's when you do it. And when we, needed that, when we needed that free throw to put us up by three at the end of the game, Deuce missed it. Barely missed it, but he missed it. Does he always? No. He doesn't normally do that. But like Huggy said himself, down the stretch in games, we don't make free throws. We didn't against Florida. We didn't against Texas. And we didn't against Baylor this last game. Don't leave Taz out in, extra, in, in, in OT. He makes one, and it makes it way better. Yeah. So one, one I, for two. Well, I just put it on Deuce because that would have ended the game in regulation. No, nah, it's still been three point three points. They could have made a three pointer, but they still, could have, they could have, but it'd have been a lot harder. The thing, hold up, I, I just want to say this. I was disappointed because, because in the by outcome. one, you could have fa- you could foul. No, yeah, I, I don't know if that's Huggins' philosophy. Some coaches do, some coaches don't. I don't know if that's Huggins' philosophy. I haven't seen it, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. I want to I want to say this for the overall game. We played great. Um, I was irritated at the end because I felt like there's no more victories. Like we know we're good enough. That wasn't you know they didn't come in here like oh can we play with no they uh, knew we could. I don't know if we knew we were good enough. This team hasn't played a t- that caliber of a team since since Shebway left. When Jordan McCabe says. This is a national championship team. We want to win a national championship team before you, we play Baylor. You've never heard Makes, that rhetoric before? You've never heard players say stuff like that before? I've heard no, the football no. team say stuff like that, and this football team has, not even, has never been close to that in the last 30 years. Well, sorry, yeah. sorry since 2007. Especially right before. I don't know. Okay. Well, oh, I, I don't know if you're right or wrong. I'm just saying I just felt like we were locked in. I thought we were going to win the game because of that. I feel like I've not seen shooting like that from West Virginia in big moments. Every time we needed a big bucket, we got it, Brandon. Yeah. Every single time. Like, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And it wasn't the same say. guy. And it wasn't the same guy. That's what I like about this team better than 2010. In 2010, it was Deshaun. Deshaun was your guy. He was getting the bucket or we weren't getting it. Now, Jalen Bridges hits one as the shot clock is expiring. Like, Jalen freshman Bridges it's a three as a shot clock expiring. You I will I mean? say, I will say we had some bad turnovers. I do want to bring up that aspect. We had 16 turnovers and there were a lot of them that were terrible. I'm talking about in big moments where we could have, we were up five and it's just, you felt like it could have broke open and then the ball goes out of bounds a few different times up three coming down last minute ball goes out of bounds. We had some bad, I believe in tennis, it's called uh, unforced errors. Yeah. I feel like these turnovers are the same way. Unforced errors. It wasn't because the pressure was high. It wasn't because the people were in our face. We just let the ball get away. Just slop. But, 
but that that's the kind of stuff that we can clean up. You know what I mean? That's the kind uh, of stuff. Ah. Uh. I don't know. Like Huggins said, it's like a greased pig out there. The ball is like a greased pig out there for us. And they, they had, Baylor had some turnovers too. The first person I want to give credit to, the first person that I saw tweet about the turnovers was Chris Hall. Chris Hall from WV Nation Sports Illustrated. He was the first person I saw tweet about that. And then Huggins backed it up by talking about it. He talked about missed free throws. He talked about mistakes that we made on defense. But he talked about the turnovers being the biggest problem that we had. Unforced errors, as you called them. That was the biggest problem of that game, without question. I, mean, I do want to think about that. Think about the end of the first half. We're down by one point, and Taz tries to run the baseline. Whose fault is that? Is that Taz or coaching? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I I when you have that many when you have that many mental errors, mental errors, and it's not just one player making those mental errors. Coaching has got to take responsibility for that. We put it on Neil Brown and in, in, on in football. Yeah, but there's a couple times where the ball comes out and I see it goes through Taz's hands. Yeah, but I'm talking about inbounds. I'm talking about inbounds. That play was, I'll say, coaching. The other turnover. It wasn't just just that one, Jeremy. Jeremy, so at the end of the first half, you got Taz running the baseline. That's one. Then at the beginning of the second half, Deuce doesn't have anybody to inbound to. He's got to call timeout. That's two. That's bad. Then Deuce throws it full length court when he's got Sean McNeil open by the free throw, by the half court line. Like you said, he should have thrown it to the underneath route instead of going the, deep, the go route, the deep route. Yeah, I'm just not going ham on that. You know, I I'm not going ham. I'm not going ham. I just think it needs to be mentioned. Okay. No, no. And, and that's what we're doing. What needs to be get mentioned. And I wanted to bring this up to you. There's two last things I want to say about this before I start talking about what Coach Maisie said about the baseball team is the fact that Huggins needs to be des- uh, counted in the top three for Coach of the Year. Oh, my goodness. There, I think, uh, in my opinion, Huggins, well – it's hard to go against Top a team three. that's undefeated. Gonzaga going undefeated. Jawan Howard up there at Michigan with one loss. That's no, hard two to losses. That's and he just got dismantled by oh, Illinois last night. God, Malali whopped. Yeah, by, <laughs> by Illinois, who's a player. This is what I love about Huggins, too. Huggins has shown his ability to change. When he got a bunch of guards, he used to be all defense, man-on-man defense. That's all he did. Then when he got a bunch of guards, he start, turns into Press Virginia. Then when Press Virginia isn't you, you can't run it anymore. Now all of a sudden you're seeing this team who's wide open, who's playing this offensive style of basketball, and pretty much no defense. It's like he changes. You know, it's it's it seems simple. It seems obvious. What does a coach do? He does what maximizes his team. Not all coaches do that. Some of them buck. No, Huggins no. obviously. Huggins Huggins obviously has adapted, and look at this team. I don't think I would have ever thought I'd seen a team like this coming from Bobby Huggins. Me either, ever. Now, one of, his, one of my favorite things, and I kept saying it, if you don't know what to do offensively, just let him go. Let him play. And that's what Huggins has been doing. Iso ball, like Fran Fraschilla kept saying last, uh, Tuesday night. Let them play, and he let them play, especially Taz. He let Taz cook. Taz ended up with 23. Looked excellent doing it. Um, and, oh, my goodness, Jeremy, did you see when Taz tried to dunk on that dude and got fouled? Uh, no, it's probably part of it when I was like, I don't know if I'm watching the rest. Jeremy, second half, <laughs> Taz caught the ball on a, on a, on a fast break and tried to dunk on this dude so hard and almost made it, almost made it. I've never seen Taz try to dunk on somebody. In fact, later on, he tried to lay it. He laid it up. Like, anyway, he let Taz cook. He let Sean cook. He let the guys just play offensively. And that's not Bobby Huggins style. Typically, that's not what you expected from a Bobby Huggins squad. I love seeing it. I loved, loved, loved it. And you also forgot to give Huggins credit for when he came over and took over John Beeline's team. He had the 2000, that, that, uh, 2010, the John Flowers, Deshaun Butler, Kevin Jones, Devin Ebanks, um, Joe Missoula. He had those guys teach him the one, three, one. And shout out to Truck Bryant. Don't forget Truck Bryant. He had them teach him one three one because he wanted to know how they ran it, and he let them run their run their defense, run their one three one because it was so effective with their with their players. So this is really the third the third iteration of a Bob Huggins team that we're seeing. I, I love, love it. it. I absolutely love it. And I and now here's he, my last. He deserves he, if he's not nominated for Coach of the Year, there needs to be somebody investigating what the world has against Bob Huggins. And, and I'm not and I'm and I'm not hearing his name. Honestly, I hear a bunch of other people's name. I, I just don't feel like I hear his name enough. But on to the next point. And Brandon, you're gonna have to think about this for a second. And I meant to hit you up earlier so you could start thinking about it. If you could bring one player from the last 20 years of WVU basketball. 
and put him on this team right now, who would it be? Sagaba Kanate. That's who you pick? That's what we're missing. Okay. He, he changes okay. the game defensively. He erases so many mistakes. We're great offensively. We are really good offensively. We don't. And also, he can finish around the rim much better than than uh, than Derek can than Culver Derek Culver can. He would be a nice addition. We lack size after losing Shibway and after losing Cottrell. Sagaba Kanate would be my replacement. I don't have to think about that. That's 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 good because I don't know. I, I think of Javon Carter. You know, being able to shut down a man up top, uh, have that bulldog defense. But my answer actually. It was hard between these two. I picked Kevin Jones. Okay. Now, they may ask me why I picked Kevin Jones. So let's say Kevin Jones is what, 6'8? Six, he's, he's a little bit tall. 6'9. Like he's a little bit taller than Gabe. He may, he, he may not be like that. He may. Go ahead. I'm saying Kevin Jones would keep with the theme of this team. Running and spacing out. Because if you leave Kevin Jones open, he's going to hit a bucket. He doesn't have to be in the paint if he doesn't need to. He can hit a three. He can hit an elbow jumper. But on the same thing, he can get down there and rebound. He was a big uh, rebounder. He also plays good defense, really good defense. He can guard the big man. I feel like to run the floor, to get back on defense, he stays with our smallish lineup, but he can rebound with the big boys, and he's always been able to. So for me, I would think somebody who can run, who can gun, with everybody on the floor, uh, while also being able to rebound and providing some kind of shot blocking, I was thinking more of a KJ, maybe John Flowers. But I picked KJ because he's a little bit more fleet of foot. Yeah, KJ's a two-way player, much more two-way than John Flowers was um, at that point in his career anyway. So, yeah, that's a good pick. I like that pick. Um, I still go Sags. I just I just think that's, the, that's what we're missing defensively. We're missing – an eraser and he erases everything. I just, but I think it's interesting I we both say, went with a forward. But I also think that if you put Sags, let's say, let's say somehow you put Sags on a second unit and Sags is on the floor with Gabe. Now you have two guys who can't shoot. No, that you clogs guys, the middle a little bit. No, first of all, you, Sags, Sags got a, got a little jumper going. Uh, but you got, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you got the alley oopness. So, so, you got the alley oopness. So, you don't have with anybody problem. else. Let's, Let's say you have a starting center and a backup center. Cole, let's say Sags is starting and Culver's backup, or Culver's starting and Sags is backup. Gabe has to be on the floor. That gives you two or three people who can't shoot. That's why I say Kevin Jones, because if Kevin Jones is out there, then fine. Let Gabe, because Kevin Jones can space out and then crash the boards because he's long and tall. That's that's the reason why I went with Kevin Jones. That's that's yeah, my, my that's a good process. pick. I think that's a good pick. I, I still go Sags, but I, I think it's a good pick. I think Kevin Jones is an excellent pick. And I think your reasoning is excellent. Got you. I meant to tell you about that earlier so you could think about it a little bit, you know. So good. I wouldn't have won so I wouldn't have won the argument so easily, but yeah, anyway. I don't feel like uh, you win the argument. <laughs> Last thing we're gonna talk about on this Mountaineer Randorama, that's a name word I just made up. Um <laughs> is West Virginia baseball. We went down to Carolina, we won two out of three. Uh, we beat a couple teams. I can't remember their names. Uh, a couple small teams. We ended up losing to Coastal Carolina, the best team down there. But we went two to three. Two. We won two out of three. Maisie's talked about no, we how we haven't lost. No, no, no. Down in Carolina. Okay. You're talking about Georgia State, which was the first series. This no, one, we. I'm not. I, I thought in Carolina we went two and two. No, we won two and three. We won two and lost one. So we won two out of three. Um, and here's the thing. Errors are still haunting us. We had like six errors. We had a bunch of errors. One thing I like, though, is that Maisie said in one of his interviews is that, first of all, we only pl- we, we left like 10 players at home. So a lot of players weren't down there for various reasons. Um, but also that, that that kind of stuff work itself out during the season. He said his most important thing is that his team learns to compete and figures out their role for this year. He seemed very upbeat. He said, look, we haven't lost a series yet. We're going to learn our roles, and our biggest thing is learning to compete, which we're doing. Like I said, you go down there, you're down 10 players, you're playing a lot of freshmen. Um, It's still early on. Hopefully he gets it turned around. Hopefully they start doing what they need to, but it doesn't seem like he's hit the worried button. So, look, I'm with Coach. We'll keep it going that way. 
Another little tidbit, Brandon, that I want to add is, so I said last week, hell, Georgia State is not a household name. Um, so some people may think, oh, we lost to Georgia State. Who's Georgia State? They're not very good in baseball. Well, you know what they did? They just beat Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's one of a top-tier baseball program. And Georgia State, who we just split the series 2-2, two and two, just went to a top-ranked Vanderbilt squad and beat them too. So, like I said, it's not all doom and gloom. There's bright spots. We'll get better. But that's all I got, man. You got anything else for the Mountaineer Roundup? I got nothing. That's it. Boom. That's what we got. Let us know how you guys feel. Rat me, boys! Mountaineer State of Mind! We're talking jersey numbers. We're talking about who you think of, who rocked the jersey, who looked the freshest, who was the cleanest, and actually just who actually wore the number. I mean, if we yeah, I was going to say, we're just talking about who wore the number. <laughs> we'll get to the nitty gritties. I'm Jeremy J. in Phoenix. I'm here with my brother. Brandon Phoenix, my bad. A.K.A. I also hate Pitt. And we're about to start going over 13, 14, and 15. But uh, let's wait. Brandon, number 11s. I'm trying to think. Who, uh, who did we name for number 11s? We, we talked about Alexander. We talked about Brian Key. Did we say David Long Jr.? Uh, no, I don't think so. I saw that the other day and I was like, oh, snap. We missed. How did we miss David Long Jr. at number 11? I don't know. But he was a great doing his thing up there with the Titans. So now we're on to number 13. This should be quick. You got any number 13s? Uh, David Sills. Boom. Jeffrey Boom. Pooler. Boom. Pooler in the building. Baby, you're killing him. Um, who else is 13? Mm, I can't think. There's the two. David Sills. Jeffrey Pooler. Sam James. Oh, good call. Andrew Bowie. Nice. And Rasul Douglas. Oh, yeah. Sue. That's right. That's right. Big time. I was going to say with the Eagles, I don't know where he's at. Raiders, where is he at? I don't even know. I don't remember but right he's now. In the league. he's in the league somewhere, maybe, possibly. So we'll reiterate. Number 13 is for West Virginia. David Sills, Jeffrey Pooler, Sam James, Andrew Bowie, Rasul Douglas. Let us know if we miss one. Number 14, Brandon. Number 14, I'm going to hit you with Brad Lewis, son. Oh, whoa, I didn't have Brad Lewis. Oh, hit wow. You with Brad Lewis. He was the first one I thought of. The next one wow. I thought of, I know you don't have, is Carrie Nye Black. And yes, I checked. Carrie Nye Black for WVU Women's Basketball. Where's number 14? Okay. I feel like you cheated on that one. And nope. we're not talking about women's basketball, but we'll go with it. She if you knew that. Counts. I don't count. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Carrie Nye Black. That's it. That's all I got. For, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, that's all I got for 14. Brad Lewis and Carrie Nye Black. Okay. Brad Lewis, Carrie Nye Black. I had Charles Hales. He was 14? He sure was. You know how I know he was? I don't know. Because after people were rocking the number 14 for Jason Gwaltney, years later, they were like, no, nah, this is Charles Hales' jersey. This is Charles Hales' jersey. Yeah. So, boom, there's two in a way. Jason, that's right. The dude from Long Island, New York, Jason Gwaltney, Charles Hales. And wasn't Darius Nichols 14? I think you're right. Darius Nichols, number 14. Big shout outs. Yeah, Charles, right. Charles Hills um, and Darius Nichols. Who else? Is that it? Jason Gwaltney. Yeah. I had the Gwaltney jersey and still forgot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Surprise. All right. Last one, number 15. Uh, 15. Was, was Snoggle 15? No. Who's 15? It's got to be a quarterback. I can't think of anybody. 15 was hard. What about oh, wait, 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 wait. Jeff Hosteller. That's the only one I had. Jeff Hosteller. Jeff Hosteller was 15. What about that dude who got injured who came up to the hospital? 
Sorry, uh, uh, I forgot you can't talk about that. What about the guy? Uh, I definitely never talked about that. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't even know who you're talking about. But is there a 15 who may play cornerback for West Virginia? Uh, let me look it up real quick because I know the name that I think I know what name you're thinking about that has nothing to do with anything I might have known. <laughs> yeah, that was in the back of my mind. That's all I can think of. Jeff Hostetler, the hoss. I can't think of any other 15s. I, I can see a 15 in my head. Nah, I cannot was, put in there. Dude, that dude was 18. I knew it might have been 18. All right. So is that we all, number 15? Is that it? That's all I can Okay. Think all right. Jeff Hosteller, the one, the only number 15 that we had. So let us know if we miss some numbers. I feel like I feel like we're missing somebody on 15. We are. Is that, but is we'll that, go with no, it. wait, 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 wait. Is 15 George Campbell? Ooh, ooh, I th- think so. No, I'm pretty sure because I just Googled it. WVU 15. <laughs> <laughs> George Campbell, how we miss him? He out there cheating now. Out there cheating. But I'm not taking uh, credit they- for it. I told you. Yeah, no, no, no. That's straight up. George Campbell. Uh, Jeff Hostetler, the Hoss. I know there's another quarterback. There's got to be. That's it. That's all I can think of. So let Tell us know. Gotta, let us. Yeah, I was going to say, let us know if we got it right, where we got it wrong, who we missed. 13, 14, and 15. Get at us, RVK. Right, me, boys. Show me what you got, little mama. Show me what you got, All right, show me what you got. This is what I've got. I'm thinking about, I've heard about, people are talking about, if you had to start your NBA franchise with one player right now, who would it be? And everybody says Luka. And you know what? That's not a bad choice. Luka is the truth. You can compare him to whoever you want to. I compare him to being off the chain. But honestly, if it were up to me, I'm sorry. I know Giannis doesn't have the three-point shot yet, but he's a two-way player. He's a seven-footer who plays defense, who can rebound, who can drive the hole. Surround him with shooters. Surround him with shooters. I feel like there's things that he can do that nobody else can do. Now, granted, Luka's off the chain. I also like Zion Williams. People are talking about the point forward, how Stan Van Gundy has him playing a whole different level in a different way that we haven't seen. A big man looking like Anthony Mason coming up the court, being the point guard. And when he goes into the hole, he's dominating. He gets blocked more than anybody in the NBA, but he also dishes out punishment more than anybody in the NBA. He's really turning the curve. Right now, it's exciting to watch the NBA. I know a lot of people don't think so. Luka is the straight-up truth, but if I had to pick one, sorry, I'm going Giannis. That's how I feel. That's what I got. Podcast Network.